I've already told you before we sang the last song that we would be at a marriage supper and I pray we're saying the blessing around his throne before we eat anything because he's worthy. But I want you to get it in your mind, if it's not in your mind, that I am the bride of Jesus Christ. I am part of the biggest, the most uh, lavish of all weddings that ever would or will or has taken place. I am the wedding party. And this is why Jesus told the things he did when he was teaching, and a lot of it, uh, we see the similarities in this video, which if you want to watch the whole thing, uh, you can go to pureflix.com and watch that whole um, documentary. But I want to go to Matthew 24 this morning because... I want the people that I pastor, that go to this church, I want you to know not only the historical part, but I want you to know the current uh, flavor of what the world is going to taste like. And so we, we go straight to Jesus in verse 3 of Matthew 24, and I will tell you, if you're not careful this morning, that what will be on your mind right now, nobody will be distracting you, but because we are getting hallelujah much needed rain, your mind will say, well, my grass is doing good right now, or boy, my, my tomatoes is getting a shot right now, or, I don't, or I'm going to get wet when I leave church, or boy, that's a lot of rain out there. Do you see what I'm talking about, church? Do, do you see what I'm talking about, church? Okay. So it's not that hard for you to be distracted right now with something that none of us can help and we're, most of us are glad about. So you, you've got to pay attention because you're going to go out of this building today and you'll still be mesmerized with rain. So I want to start with verse 3, and I want you to keep in mind what you just saw. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when, everybody wants to know when, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Jesus answered and said to them, take heed. that no one deceives you. The first thing I want to do, and you're going to do this five more times, I want you to look at the word heed and what it means. The word heed, Jesus said, this is what you are to take. This is the what you are to, to be about. This is where you need to be busy is in taking heed. This word means to see or discern with the bodily eye, and then 
I go on and underline several times the word I or a phrase that has something to do with using the eyes like looking or gazing at. And so if you look at the C definition down there, to turn the eyes to anything to look at, to look upon, to gaze at. This is what Jesus said. If you want to know when it's going to happen, how close you actually are, start with your eyes, your physical eyes, but also your discerning eyes, your spiritual eyes. You need to use your eyes. Let me be very candid and, and very current. Use your eyes for what you're hearing and watching and seeing on TV, what you're hearing and watching and seeing all over the universe, not just in media or social media, but what you are seeing take place all around the world. Use your eyes. Take heed. Because we're not living in the day of Wally and Beaver, the Waltons, and everybody knows that, right? It's not there. You're not in black and white anyway. It's full color, folks. Use your eyes, Jesus said. The next thing he said is for you not to be deceived. If you look at that word, deceived, you may think you know what it means, and you're probably right, but you may not pay that much attention to being deceived. So after I use my eyes, Jesus said, first you want to start off with your eyes. He didn't say nothing about starting off by praying. He's already discussed that. You always pray. My house shall be a house of prayer. Paul said, pray without ceasing. This is what you do. You use your eyes. Look at the condition of the world around you. Look at what is called right and what is called wrong. Because you know the reverse now, amen? Use your eyes, Jesus said, and he said, and then don't be deceived based on what your eyes is detecting and picking up on. That definition actually means to cause to stray or to lead astray, to lead aside from the right way. Then if you go again down here in these points, lead or lead, lead, lead. Led away from the truth. Be led away in error. Uh, to be led aside from the path of virtue. Or to be led away into error and sin. Again, I'm going to do it again. Jesus said, use your eyes. Because if you don't use your eyes, you're going to be led astray pretty much. You're going to be deceived. I said this many times, having eyes, Jesus said in another passage, addressing another issue, he said, having eyes, people see not. Having ears, people hear. I rebuke any spirit in here right now, Father God. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, of anything that you are trying to puff up in anybody's mind. This is the word of God. These are the people of God. It will go forth. It will accomplish what you set forth by the power of the Holy Ghost. And God's people said, Amen. Jesus said, you will be deceived if you don't open your eyes. He's already said, folks, he said, and I realize, by the way, people that are visiting or people that wonder what just happened, this is a spiritual thing taking place. I'm not giving a speech 
or I'm not reading the book report. This is a spiritual thing taking place. There is a Holy Spirit that's anointing me to say it and you to hear it. There's an unholy evil spirit that's trying to stop people from hearing it. Amen, saints of God. So you've got to fight to get the seed right now because the enemy don't want you to. That's what, but we just settled that. Amen. So if you don't use your eyes, you're going to be led astray. And as I said, five wise, five foolish virgins, they all slept. You close your eyes in order to sleep. They all slept, but five out of the ten woke up. If you don't use your eyes, especially in the past two and a half years almost, you are really going to be led astray on many different fronts and levels. It's already happened. And it's going to get even worse if the people of God do not use their eyes. You're going to be led. And you're going to all fall asleep. We all do. But this is the day of salvation. This is the day to wake up and not be deceived anymore. Now, if I go on down to verse 5, Jesus went on to say, For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And can I just say this? A lot of people don't get on TV or entertainment, and they don't say, well, I'm Jesus Christ. But what they do with their influence and their places of authority, they demand your allegiance on social media. They demand that you put their agendas first, instead of the agenda of Jesus Christ and the cross of Jesus Christ. For instance, they say, stay out of church and do this. If it's nothing but to stay home and lay on the couch because you're tired, but you won't lay on the couch when it comes to the other thing, when you're equal or equally or even more so tired, they are putting themselves in the place of Christ, and they are demanding your allegiance over Christ. So that's why Jesus said this right here. Many will come in my name. Many people, but many kind of activities, many kind of uh, demands, many things will come and say, oh, but this is priority. You've got to do this. They'll come in my name. Many will come and say, I am Christ. And we'll, here we go, we'll do what? We'll deceive people. Well, the church will understand. God knows my heart. I, you better get fixed off of that problem. If you use that phrase, God knows your heart, that's an IQ thing with God. Duh. He knows not your heart. He knows how many times you're going to burp in the next 12 months. Yes, he knows your heart. The things you don't mind in knowing and the things that nobody but he and you know. God knows your heart. You better know your heart's the question. So many will come and say, I'm Christ, and deceiving people will just go trotting off being deceived. So, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Anybody seen any wars lately? Anybody heard? of any chances of uh, possible wars? I, I mean, I haven't. I don't watch news, and I've heard of it. You know, whether it's now China with Taiwan, but maybe the United States or Iran or Syria, Iraq, or with Israel. 
We know about Russia and Ukraine. Everybody does. There's wars and rumors of wars. Is that 10 years or 100 years from now? Or is, is this familiar with anybody I'm talking to in the past seven days? Amen, church. You're living this. This is not prophecy that I'm saying. This is something you're living in. Amen. So, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, but don't be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And so here we go. Hallelujah. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places or diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrow. So let's look at the word nation. Can we look at that real quickly? You have the, the definition for the word nation? Now, you better pay attention right now or this is about to happen to you. Okay? Because you already know, like I already knew, thought I did, I just know what nation means. But let's look at the word. There's nothing wrong with research, amen? Studying to show yourself approved. After all, the Bible says to do that. Well, it does mean multitude, whether men or women or beasts, associated with living together, a company, a troop, a swarm. Let's go to ver the, the third uh, part of this. But it also means a tribe, a nation, uh, a people group. But I want to go to, to the fifth part of this definition because it can mean something completely opposite or in uh, just also along with what you and I have come to learn the word nation. Paul uses the term for Gentile Christians. Now, this may be a little difficult to understand, so I want you to look at this first picture Derek's going to show you before we talk about the next definition, what you see on the screen. This is about, in this one setting, this is about 50,000 Russian citizens in Russia that are in protest, this is a couple months ago, protesting against the war that their leader has brought to the people of Ukraine. There's another picture with even more people in protest. So, and this has gone on by the tens, if not hundreds of thousands or millions of Russian citizens so when you look at these pictures, and people do make up a nation, by the way, but in your opinion, and it's okay for your opinion, does it look like that nation of people is rising up against that other nation of people in Ukraine? Does that look like they're rising up against them? No. Something else is happening. Those people have been arrested. Some have even been killed in Russia because they protested against people that they had compassion on, that they did not ask for this, and 
It's cost some their lives. But if you go and you look at not just nation against nation, but now you look at kingdom against kingdom and what the word kingdom means, notice it does mean a royal power, a kingship, a dominion, a rule, but it is not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather, look closely, I hope you can read that, it's kind of dim, but the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. So can I tell you what is going on right now, and not just Russia, but kind of in the planning stages all over the world right now, that there is a rule, person that has the authority that's over people, they are the one. That kingdom has a desire, Russia, since we're using them a lot today, Russia or the leader of Russia has a desire to rule over those people of it. So you see, that kingdom there has come up against the other kingdom wanting to rule. And this leader said, no, not my people, not my country, not my citizens. So see, it's not the people that's rising up, but it's the nation. It's the, it's the authority. It's the right it, that, that uh, self-appointed, in some cases, leader or president or prime minister or whatever it might be, that's rising up that just wants to control other people. It's real important that you understand this because... You see, back over in the Old Testament, what, it, what, what before I say that, I, I, I got to tell you this. What it, I believe, along with what Jesus is teaching in this passage right here, verse 7, about nation will rise up against nation, I believe one of the greatest signs that the rapture is about to take place that there are Gentile believers nowadays that are rising up against other Gentile believers. I believe there's Christians against Christians, whether it's in the home, whether it's in the family, the extended family, whether it's in the church, or whether it's this church that's better than this church, or this ministry is uh, more important than this mega ministry or this denomination is against this denomination. And you see, you have nations that are rising up against nations, and when you are self-indulgent or self-serving, what happens is you forfeit, and there's an absence of unity there when nation rises up against nation. So the Old Testament starts by teaching us this. Genesis chapter 12. God talking to Abraham, he said, I will make you, listen church, I will make you into a great, say it with me, nation. He didn't say leader. He didn't say ruler. He didn't say, uh, didn't give any religious term that you might know today. He said, I will make you, 
See, here, here's what will happen now. A lot of people kind of will, hmm, all this, and they say, well, it's just talking about Israel. Well, we're going we're gonna to get to that too, all right? Because that was a Greek definition you heard a while ago. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And then over in chapter 18, he went on to say, Seeing that, Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. So see, God started after Adam and Eve did what they did. God started by raising up a great nation. It would be bone of his bone. It would be flesh of his. It would be uh, Isaac. And then from Isaac would come Jacob. And then would come the 12 tribes and, and people all over the earth. He said to that nation, he said, you'll have so many descendants. It will be like the sand on the seashore, the stars in the heaven. And over in Exodus chapter 19, you don't have this, but just listen. Now, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandment, you will be my, the Lord says, treasured possession out of all the nations, for the whole earth is mine. And unto me you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you are to speak to the Israelites. And you see, later on in the New Testament, uh, let's read it. I have it right here. It's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Jesus said this, or Paul said, he said, all of you probably know this, by the way. He said, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Here we go. A holy nation. He's talking to you. A holy nation. His own special people that you may, you may, you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, but you are a holy nation. And I've got to stop to tell all of the people here and listening today that the bottom line is that we do not understand who we are in Christ Jesus and not only the blessing he's blessed you with called salvation, but you don't, you don't understand, I don't understand just what he's done for us when he said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send the promise. The, the, the comforter's going to come. You're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said not only this, but you're going to do greater works than these. And he went on to say, look, you're going to be able to do things that people have never seen before. You'll do the greater things, as I've said. We don't understand the power God's given us. We don't understand the authority that we really walk in. 
We don't understand the ability that God has given us to walk around, hallelujah, and use our eyes to see. These are snakes in the grass. This is vulgar mess at its worst. This is a world that's trying to change me, that's trying to water down the word, that's trying to do away with the preaching of the gospel and the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. God has given you power so that you can see this, you can discern this, you're not deceived by this, and you are a nation that when you get together, instead of fighting or disagreeing with other people in the Lord, that you are a powerhouse, because where two or more agree together, there I am in the midst, and great and mighty things happen when two or people get together, and we call on the name of the Lord. So, it's like Jesus is saying, nation will rise against nation. The church is splintered. The church is scattered. The church is not in harmony. The home is not even harmony. The Sunday school class, we don't have them yet. Sunday school class is not in harmony. This group's not in harmony. This denomination is going to splinter again. They're going to start a new church. They're going to start a new denomination. It's all over the world, and it's been going a long time. And so when you have disharmony or the lack of unity, you forfeit the almighty power of God and the moving of the Holy Ghost. That's why he says, husbands and wives, don't you be unequally yoked together because not only do you have to live and grow together, but you also have to worship together. You have to pray together. You have to fast together. You have to look with your eyes together and see that Satan's after your marriage, after your children, after your wallet, after your health. He's after everything that pertains to you and your walk with Christ. This is why there cannot be nation against nation among the remnant, the people that's found the narrow way. I don't care. We don't like each other. We don't eat at the same restaurants. We don't live in the same neighborhoods. We don't even like to wear the same clothes. But we got the same blood of Jesus running through our veins, and we agree on that, and we're going to worship him. We're going to put all that other stuff aside, and we're going to pray till the power of God is made manifest in our midst. That's what we've got to do. Everybody's building their own little kingdom. And Jesus said, listen, you can talk about all your religious stuff all you want to. You can flaunt your achievements. You can even say, well, we've paid this off. And how many people you had in service or services, you can do all you want to do. And Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, all the other Snapchats and all the other outlets can be... Pastor this or church that, and everybody follows. But I got news for you. I have news for you. If you are not a humble servant of God, if you don't have a Jesus badge that people know you by more than your status or your profile, then listen, you're tinkling brass. You are tinkling symbol. You're just a ringing symbol. What's my Jesus? What's a Jesus badge? Well, it's right in John chapter 13. Jesus said, this is a Jesus badge. By this, 
this, what we're about to say. By this next statement, all men will know that you are my disciples. Here you go. Here's your Jesus badge. If you have love one to another. That's your Jesus badge. It's not the logo of the church on your shirt or your car. It's not how much of the Bible you know, how much of the Bible knows you. It's not how many people you can avoid. It's not um, just saying, well, I've been a Christian a long time. I don't have to lower myself and serve anymore. By this, Jesus said, men will know you really belong to me. My disciple. Did you read that word? It was the right word up there. Yeah, disciples. By this. People will be able to separate you from the fluff, from the people that's bringing attention to themselves, from the people that's just show glory or here for the moment. By this, what is this, church? Tell me. Loving who? One another. It's found, I think, that phrase, love one another. Um, I think it's 12 or 13 times, 12 times in the New Testament alone. Love, it must be important to mention it on 12 occasions. Love one another. That's how people, that's like your, your swipe card to get through the narrow gate. You do know only the remnant, only the disciples of Jesus is going in on the first load, right, church? Don't let another, don't let a false prophet fool you. Don't you do that. Don't you, anybody can go. It's easy. The thief pre, uh, proved that. But I want to tell you today, I want the people here today or on the camera today, I want you to know there's only one way, and it's through Jesus. And you have to have a Jesus sticker. You got to have an ID badge on. Look, hey, this is what it looks like for those of you that were at VBS. When a child came and got registered, there were two labels printed out with the name on there. It was one that went on the child, and it went one that went on the parent. And when the parent, they would know who the child was, but also when it was time for the parent to pick up the child. It wouldn't just go with anybody, but Johnny would be able to go with Johnny's sticker that was on his mama or daddy. And do you know, when you belong to Jesus, when you gave your heart to the Lord at the old rugged cross, he put a sticker on his chest, and he put one on your chest that said, she's mine, and it said on her, his, she's mine, and it said on hers, I'm his. That's what it says. And I'm telling you, if you don't love people like Jesus, you are not his disciples. It's going to be one of those wheat and uh, tares. It's going to be one of those goat and sheep separation times. And I don't want that to happen. That's why I showed you the film. That's why I'm preaching. So you'll have eyes and you can start using them. And you'll not be deceived by your flesh or by the world that you live in. Where are you, pastor? You need to get it together here. All right, I am. The next thing he said, these are kind of quicker. He said, not only will there be nation against nation, not only will there be kingdom against kingdom, but there'll also be famine. 
Well, actually, I got to make a correction there. No, it's not famine, not one. Plural, famines. Famine means scarcity of harvest. That's what the Greek definition of that is. It's not just Eric ran out of Little Debbie cakes because people are taking them off or Billy's running out of bread. Let me tell you what a famine is, church, because people are buying them up. Hundreds of cases a week. A famine is a scarcity of harvest. That means it never makes it to Eric and Billy because it didn't make it out of the field. And the Bible says not only will Christians not be getting along and working in harmony and unity, not only will uh, Gladimir and all the other ones trying to get a hold of that, that piece of real estate and that, but there's also going to come a time whether it's the day we're living in or whether it's intentional. Open your eyes is all I'm going to say. I will say this. I might have said this last week, but I don't care. No way in the world 19 or 21 food factories can all burn down in the same year. You do what you want to with that information that you probably did not. Maybe you did see it. I don't know. But my eyes are open because that goes right along with what you're involved in here, what you're involved in here, what you're in. You know, I, 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 I've been doing this two, two years now. And I know that when Jesus Christ says, yep, there's denominations splitting apart, a lot of it's sexual misconduct. As church people don't get along with church people, people don't pray together, don't love together. I know that rulers, you can go home and watch the update today, that's actually trying to take over other countries and all that, even if the people don't want it. But I also know when Jesus said there's going to be famines, plural, there's going to be famines, church. And I just talked to Eric this morning when we were talking about the baby. By the way, I left Nikki's name out too, but they're both happy grandparents. I'm sure they are. And they would do what me and Angie did when we found out there was only one formula that Beckham could, could his body could, could handle. I, and I told Eric, I said, I would have maxed out a credit card, got a home equity loan, whatever, when I found out that he can only take a Similac uh, aluminum or something like that. I still remember it because it was off the chain high. But I don't care. I would have gotten that. And now, what I was telling him, it don't matter if it's $100 a can now, you can't find it in some cases or some baby food, whether that's a real, real crisis or a real, real planned out situation. It doesn't matter to the child that's hungry. And Jesus said, there's going to be a scarcity of harvest along with these other three things. But he also said this, and it ain't going nowhere. He said there was going to be pestilences, plural. What does that mean, Opie? Well, it means pestilence, bugs. 
But it also means, look at the very last word if you can see it. It also means plague. Now, Jesus said to people that love, or the Word of God said, you know, you can get to a place where you can pray, Lord, don't let no plague come nigh or near my dwelling. I pray that. Because plague is everything that you know of, that you hear about, and you're going to continue to hear about it, by the way. You can write that down that I said that at 11.54 a.m. on the 7th of August, that it ain't going nowhere. If unfortunately by some, some, some reason that somebody here online is left here and God forbid you are, during the, you will know that the preacher read it today and he told you there is more plagues from a nice, friendly supplier coming your way. I know, I know. People that's walking around with massive Kool-Aid stains on it, that, that, that just don't jail. I'm sorry. It's the Word of God, and people can't handle living in biblical times. But people's always lived in biblical times. Are y'all okay, by the way? It's kind of really lonely up here. If it weren't for the Holy Ghost, I'd feel real bad right now. I, and I just tell myself, maybe they're just listening today. Is that what's happening? Okay, because you know what? I went through hell on Wednesday. I was supposed to preach this Wednesday night and got it recorded on a disc. But at 6.30, the Internet went out. We didn't have time to get it up. No way in the world. God told me in the bathroom in the children's building about 6.25. Do you believe me now when I said to wait and preach it Sunday? Hallelujah. I believe him now. But there's always going to be a plague. Get used to it. You can't boost yourself enough for there not to be plagues. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm not trying to work anybody up or get on some kind of soapbox about all of the stuff that my eyes have seen. <laughs> Parallels with the Bible. I will tell you this. You have to know somewhere along your Christian walk that God's not going to leave you in a world unprepared for the world. So, he said that there will not only be nations against nations, kingdom against kingdom, uh, famines and pestilences, but there would also be earthquakes. And an earthquake, everybody knows what an earthquake is in the physical form, but it actually is a shaking or a, a commotion. And I'm trying my best to be so sensitive and be obedient at the same time. But there somewhere... In fact, just go Google it. I don't even want to give you a number of how many earthquakes occur all over the globe every day. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make it to your favorite lying news station. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sometimes they do. Most of the time they don't because... It, it, actually, I can't believe I'm doing this, but in defense of the news, there's, there's so many every day. 
But even more than what the news, if they could and would and do tell you, there's also another sign just like there is between nation against nation. That's why there's not the dead being raised. That's why there's not blind eyes being opened. That's why there's not bondages being broken and just put asunder. It's because of the nation against the nation instead of together. But there's a, a, a fourth sign in here the Lord put, and it was the sign of earthquakes, the shaking and the commotion. There is a shaking in everything from the pulpit to the church to the school to the capital to Hollywood to the justice system to the legal system to the financial system to the home system to the family system to the gender system to the educational system there is a shaking going on and there's all kind of commotion that's being created and going on and the Bible tells you and I that there is shaking, there is a commotion, and this ought to be a sign. Well, I never thought I would see that. I never thought I'd see that person run. And you know, I just got to do this right now. I got to tell you, there's a lot of people in a lot of homes that ought to be in church here. There's a lot of people in homes all over the, the county that ought to be in a church that you used to go to. And what happens goes all the way back to Genesis when Satan wants to. There's nothing new coming out of hell, by the way. When he wants to get something done, the first thing he'll do, he'll plant something in somebody's mind or somebody's heart, and he'll tell them, oh, the only solution is just to run on. Run on. You need to leave. You need to go on because of something somebody did or didn't do, or you need to run. You need to go on uh, and just keep to yourself and just read your Bible at home. You ain't got to read your Bible. Just stay at home. Mind your own business. He's stopping at nothing to get nation away from nation to keep people upset, to keep people tired, to keep people frustrated, hurt, ill, ashamed, embarrassed, whatever you want to call it. He knows that if he can keep the nations apart, if he can keep shaking your home, shaking your family, shaking your school, shaking your college, shaking your place of employment, shaking your nation, shaking your church, he can keep the power away. And without the power of God, it's just a project. Hallelujah. We didn't heard that this week. So, we're not going to affect what we can affect. And I don't know if God allowed this to happen or, or did this, but it just seems mighty strange to me in a positive way that when we say, or when we used to say at school, the Pledge of Allegiance to the American flag, there was a little phrase in there that said, one what, church? 
under God. We're not under God anymore. And see, even forefathers, some of them didn't even want to know anything about the Bible, were used enough to make a statement of prophecy that they didn't even realize because when you are one nation in your home, when you are one nation in your marriage, when you are one nation with children in the youth group or the children in the uh, children's center, when you are one nation with other people from other churches at work, but you just well away on the thing you got in common. I'm telling you what, just like the pledge said, one nation under God, indivisible. He can't touch it, you see. I didn't even know I'd be preaching like patriotic today. But do you see where it all is? See, God's got a way of telling you who you are in him, just how much power you do have, just what you are able to do about what's going on in this world. But we've got to realize that Jesus has put it in plain English right in front of us with our eyes. And we've got to see that all the shaking and all the commotion and all the division and the separation, that's what he does. Sin separates. He isolates people. I said it at an altar call here months ago. When he isolates you, he can kind of keep you right there and he keeps you in bondage because I'm telling you again, Iron sharpens irons. We bear each other's burdens. When I come in here, we may not get along and like all the same things, but I'm telling you right now, when you pray for me or you pray for my baby or you pray for my cancer or you pray for my mind or you pray for my daddy or my mama or you pray for something going on in my life, I'm telling you right now, all that other disagreement stuff's out the window and you may be the one that touches God. That's why Satan don't want the nation together. That's why he don't want us together. He wants to keep us at the house. Ah, oh, we can watch it on YouTube or whatever it's called. You need to quit that trash. You need to say, Opie, why can't we have church more often than we do? Hallelujah. Now, so this is what we want to do. If we could put all that together, if we could just put it all together, Take heed that you're not deceived. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famine, pestilence, earthquake. If we could put all that together based on those definitions, it would look something like this. Open your eyes. People are being led astray. Believers are fighting other believers. Dictators and rulers are rising up against other dictators and rulers. While there is a scarcity of food and many things, many things are being shaken. I'm going to ask you to stand if you will. And I want to do something right now. We're going to start down here and work our way up. What does that mean? Well, one thing, Keldon's going to college. This is his last Sunday. So, but before I say this, he, talking about Satan, is trying to create commotion 
trying to shake, confuse. I've got to be very careful. But I know of situations. I know of one. And others like that one. That because of the commotion and the shake, people are even questioning if God is real. Well, this is what we're going to do. They, they some nations in this building right here. I ain't the only, I am a nation. I tell you I am. There ain't nothing here in this world for me. I'm telling you the only thing I pray every day, God, I, that, like I pray nothing else, and I mean nothing else. I pray, God, I don't want my family left during tribulation. Whatever you have to do, Lord, I don't want the church I pass. I don't want them left during tribulation. I don't want them left. It, it, it is not a beautiful thing. It's horrendous. So this is what we're going to do. The nations are going to the, the, the nations will. The nations are going to come together today. We didn't, we didn't come just to hear the book report. We're going to turn it, okay? This is what we're, we're doing right now. The nations. We're going to pray about what Satan is doing and, and the plan he's carrying out. We, we're going to start and go up. So all of, the, all of the students that's still in the youngest of schools all the way up to college... I want you to come first. You're not, you're not going to be by yourself. But I want you to come first. And we got to do this quick because the old people that you're going to leave out there in the seats, they'll get, don't y'all look around? You know what grade you in, don't you? Come on then. Don't be looking around at people. If you don't know what grade you in, we, we got a whole nother issue. Hey. I don't, hey, is uh, like Bailey Beckham, McKenzie, is any of them here? I, I mean, listen, I'm telling you how serious I am. If you got one that's going to nursery, I, I, I'm not going to like start after they, why are you doing that, Opie? Because, hold on, this is worth, this is worth this. Because, thank you for bringing lessons. Because I don't care how young they are. My grandbaby is now. It's this little light of mine. She's gonna be a worshiper. Carrie Joe, get out of the way. Beckham's probably gonna be on the camera or something. He, I, I ain't got him there yet. But she's gonna be a worshiper. And this is, this I want, y'all look, adults, they, now they with me, they, they all over this, they know. I mean, like, whoo, what's he going to show on my phone? Okay, look. Because it don't matter. I don't care what the platform is. This is why we're starting with as, as young as we can get. Because even on here, watching this little light of mine, the people that's on the channels that this is on, they don't care about that light. They care about that cabbage, and they care about this. They, they care about the messages that they putting in them commercials 
and the ads that you don't have time to click off of. So I figured if the world wants to start at an early age church, what's wrong with us? Why you wait until they get 14 to tell them about Jesus? You, 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 you better use your eyes. If you're a visitor and you got a baby, bring them. Bring them. Look, this, this is as equivalent as dedicating them to me. That's all good. Thank you. Yeah, bring them babies, man. If they out the womb, he's got his, hey, they in his crosshairs. You hear me? And y'all know if they in the womb, they in his crosshairs. Amen. Thank God that the Lord is doing something. So this, we're going to pray about this nation right here. See, the devil don't like this. I'm just going to put that out there. This is, this is bad news. They don't like all this. I want to make sure if there's any babies anywhere, any babies, I believe everybody's here, but, you know, if you're still in school at all, you got to be here because he's trying his best to shake emotion. He wants to keep you against. He wants to keep you out. So all of the, the nations that are left out here, just uh, kind of like in the aisles behind them, I want you to point your hand this way, and we're going to pray. that are old enough to hear. I know the babies won't get this, but all of y'all that's still in school, the Apostle Paul said this. He said that we are fools for Christ's sake. Now, let me get out here. I feel so tall right now. That is a great thing. Listen, I'm going to tell you all, all of y'all here, you are somebody's fool. All right? You're either God's fool, you're a fool for Christ's sake. That means you sold out, he's a mother. Are you somebody else's fool? You may not believe it, you may not agree, but I'm telling you, the Lord said you're either for me or against me. So you are either like Paul or like Daniel or like Esther or like Mary. You're either God's fool or you somebody else's fool. And they're going to play you for a fool, too. And I want your eyes to be good. I want your eyes spot on, picking it up. No, I ain't falling for that mess. All right? So what I want you to pray, now, if, if Jesus is, if, if you're not really serious about Jesus, I want you to say, Jesus, I've been joking around, playing around, dodging you. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want you to pray that first. Y'all's arm getting tired? Use that. We call it exercise back in the old days. All right? But I want you to seriously pray this. I want you to pray, Lord, help me to only be a fool for you. Father God, as I pray over every one of these students, these babies, I pray, God, that no, no kind of harm will come nigh their dwelling near them, Lord. 
I pray that in the name of Jesus, Lord, that no weapon that is formed against them will prosper or prevail. I pray whether it's Keldon going off uh, to college out of town or somebody going to a nursery or a school here in the county or surrounding county, I pray in your name, Jesus, that you would anoint them and let them go out as sheep among wolves. But Lord, help them to remember there's other disciples where they're going. There's other nations where they're going. And it's time to team up and pray together. It's time to play together. It's time to work together. It's time to steal back people that Satan's going to send to hell. And I pray for all of the church today, Lord, that we would realize we're not your disciples if we don't love one another. I pray for a mighty anointing to fall in this place. Holy Ghost, Father, you said, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will you give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? So, Apple Father, I'm asking you, would you blow in here like a mighty rushing wind? Would you fill these hearts and these minds, help them not to be deceived on any level. And help us to know that we're about to be in that wedding party, Lord. One day, you're going to drink that cup again, and we're going to be there, Lord. I pray, Lord, you would let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And God, we give you praise.